Well, hey, what's up, friends? Welcome to the DIY Together podcast with Austin and Brett, where we're convinced that Christianity isn't as complicated as we've made it. Just like making the perfect steak or changing your oil or laying the backsplash in your kitchen isn't reserved for the paid professionals, neither is a vibrant relationship with Jesus. So we want to equip you to do it yourself together. Yes. Well, hey, what is up, friends? Uh, thanks for joining us. Listen to this podcast. It's Austin. And Brett's not here, but I'm with my friend and other pastor here at the church, Jeff Ryan. What's up, Jeff? Hey, nothing much, man. Glad to be here. Oh, yeah. You came in. You were at a FCA camp uh, this whole week, right? Yeah, the in whole Kearney. week at, that out in Kearney. So I am sunburnt. My voice is scratchy. No, it's amazing. You, you came right here. You didn't even get to shower and go home. So uh, anyways, thanks for being here, man. I, on this conversation, uh, this is one of the most important, you know, I think that we'll do and we'll explain that. But when we were interviewing you, you know, six months ago or whatever for the role to become our executive pastor, uh, the idea, the lifestyle, um, the joy the of giving and generosity was so true and core to who you were where I'm like, I just personally want to get around you so that <laughs> that can seep into my life. And I really want you to get around our church so that that vision for generosity could seep in through. So that's what we're talking about today is answering the question, how do I live generously? And, um, and like I said, I think you're the perfect guy to do it. So um, we figured we'd record an episode or two about this. And so we're going to kick off the first uh, part with you, you bet. Jeff. And so I'm really excited, man. Well, we, we, uh, we go in uh, and the first thing we answer or ask in these podcasts is how have we overcomplicated the topic? So how have we made living generously more complicated than it actually should be? Yeah, I think that there's uh, a lot of ways that maybe that can come up, but I think that the majority of it boils down to kind of three different areas. And I think that with generosity and giving, we get real legalistic about it and it trips us up or we just get really afraid about giving. And then, uh, the last one is we think we need to be rich to give, hmm. uh, so, I mean, being legalistic about it, if you're around the church uh, for any length of time, you might start hearing the word tithe, which is, you know, described as 10%, and people think, oh, 10%, I got a number now. Okay, here's my spreadsheets. I'm going to analyze this. I'm going to look at everything that comes in, and I'm going to make sure that I achieve that number. And once I achieve that number, man, I'm good, and hmm. I make this checklist, and it's all legal, and it becomes this head issue of as long as I've got this down and I satisfy my requirements, then I'm good to go. And God isn't interested in our head. He's interested in our heart. He, hmm. In giving and in generosity is, is about our heart. In 2 Corinthians 9, 7, um, it says that each one of us must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Compulsion is legalism, hmm. and um, reluctantly is deciding that, hey, I'm going to give it down to the penny, and I'm going to you know make sure I slide that one penny over across the table that's going to satisfy it. But God is interested in our heart and what we're responding back to him, not about the dollars and cents of it. Wow, so good. Love and then it. I think we're, we get afraid to give because I'll be honest, money is emotional. It creates a lot of fear in us, uh, especially the idea of giving away money because as soon as you give money away, you start thinking, I don't have enough money for me. And that, you know, that panic that starts to set in. Hmm. We want enough money to take care of ourselves and we are going to uh, make sure that we pay attention to it. It's illogical to be able to give money away to somebody. Hard-earned hard money, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is, it's ridiculous. And so Matthew 6, 20, or 6, 33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. That if you look to the kingdom and you respond to him, all those other things that we're scared and we're worried about are going to be provided for because that's what he does. Mm -hmm. that's, that's exactly who he is. 
And I think the last one is that we rationalize that we need to get to a certain status to be able to, we, before we are able to give, that we need to have a certain acceptance and, and to be able to, to say that we're qualified to be able to do that. You know, for instance, uh, a lot of people make that decision that, hey, I need to get out of debt before I'm going to give to the church. So I got to take care of that credit card. I got to take care of that student loan or those car loans because those are those are more important and I got to make sure that I'm of a good position to be able to give to the church. Or sometimes a, you know, a part-time worker. Um, I think about of a student. Students working a part-time job, but the majority of their um, provisions are provided through loans and through parents and they're like, you know, hey, I don't even have a real job. Mm-hmm. How, why should I be giving? But, you know, in Luke 21, the story of the widow's offering, uh, the rich, they gave out of their excess. Their generosity wasn't uh, based upon their ability. It was just based upon that legalism. And then she walked up there and dropped in two pennies. And Jesus like, that's the that's the giver that I'm after. That's the person that I'm looking to because she gave completely fully of where she was at. She didn't feel like she had to be a certain place to be able to give. She just gave from where she's at. And so that we don't have to clean ourselves up. We don't yeah. have to get to a certain spot to be able to be generous. God yeah. asks us to be generous right where we're at. Wow, that's so good. I I love that. Um, the aspect it's it's not intended to be legalistic. God wants it to be, you know, cheerful mm-hmm. and it should be worship, right? Not this like, you know, cold, calculated thing. Um, and then and then the the fear about money, it's just like it's it's so gripping. And so it is kind of this so you're saying generosity is really a way to take a sledgehammer to our fear and say, God, no, I trust you. And then I love that aspect in Luke 21 that I, with the, with a widow's offering, I had uh, read a commentary that was explaining how the temple was set up and how generosity was set. And they would have like a, a curtain and behind the curtain, you'd, you'd go back and that's where the offering, you know, can was or bucket or whatever it is, but they, they had coins. They didn't have Benjamins back then. And so when, when you would walk behind, it was kind of a public event because they would hear these rich people drop these huge coins in, you know, and, and. And uh, they'd make these loud noise and they go, whoa, they gave a lot. And then this widow goes and she drops in these two pennies and they're saying that they were so thin that they probably wouldn't even make noise. Hmm. So it's like, you know, among everybody else, their perspective is like she wasn't generous or she didn't give a lot. And Jesus goes, that just made a thunderous noise in heaven of generosity. And so that's so good, man. I think that clears up generosity for me and hopefully for everyone listening to kind of untangle some of the lies that we have around it. So what, you know, I know this is a, this is like core to who you are. This is a passion you have. Yeah. Um, what, what are we missing out on? What's the vision behind generosity? Like what, what does God do as we pursue generosity? Yeah. I think to, to answer that question, the first part is to talk about where we're at right now. Hmm. You know, that, uh, the easiest idol to place in our life is money, especially in American culture. Um, that, we will trust our checking account before we trust anything else. If we have enough money to pay the mortgage, pay the bills, that little extra money to be able to go out to dinner, we feel like, oh yeah, we're good with the world. We're at peace, we're content, we're happy. But that money falls below a certain line and that line could be a couple hundred dollars or it could be a couple million dollars. It falls below that line and all of a sudden we get in a panic and Hmm. we are worried about it because that's where our trust and our comfort and our peace comes from. And you know, that's an idol. I mean, that is textbook idol. And if we have that in our life, then how do you expect to have a full and vibrant, deep, meaningful, dependent relationship with Jesus Christ? Yeah. Because you're saying you're you're not as important to me as this is, and you expect to be able to have that. So literally what we're missing is that full, vibrant, intimate, 
personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that we look to him first for our peace, for our trust, for our comfort, for our safety, for our provision. And that if, you know, that's what we're missing. And, and, and this is one of the easiest idols to put in our life. And it's also one of the easiest idols to remove from our life. And yep. so I just think that that is what we miss out. I've seen it time and time again in my life and seen it time and time again in people that are around me. Hmm. I, I think it was Charles Spurgeon who said that um, gener- or our wallet is the last thing to be converted on a Christian. And it's just so true. Like every aspect of what we're, you know, we're confessing sin and we're in community and we're going to church and everything else. And it feels like the very last thing that Christians at large are willing to say, I submit to you, Jesus, is our finances. And I was even, I feel like I got this picture in my head where you're talking about this vibrant relationship and, and a lack of generosity is really inhibiting that. I was thinking like, and some married couples do this. I don't know how they do this, but if Kristen and I or you and Tori decided to not share finances, how kind of unique and weird that be? Yeah. Like, hey, let's. I'll take you on dates. We'll, you know, whatever sure. else. But I have my money, and you, you have got your yours. money. Yep. And it's kind of like, whoa. There's something really beautiful about coming in uh, to a marriage and saying, nope, this is all yours. This is all my. This is we're together. And uh, when we try to like have a relationship with Jesus and not have generosity be a part of it, we're kind of like, hey, God, you have your finances and I have mine. And uh, let's we'll, we'll we'll alter who pays for dinner. So. When you um, say it like that, man, it just immediately you're like, yeah, that this totally makes sense. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> and, and 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 just even just so give a give a little piece to to our American culture and why it's particularly hard to be generous right now. Oh my! Think of the last movie that you went to, or the last commercial that you saw on TV, or the uh, do-it-yourself uh, you know show that you watch, or you know any aspect of it. Every single one of them is telling you that there's more, mm. and that you should have more. And why don't you have more? And why don't you have your credit card out buying more? Because mm. the only way you're going to be content and happy is to is to have this that I'm showing you right now. And so you are saturated with that message 24-7, 365 from birth until today. And, and so to remove that isn't accidental. You have to be purposeful about it. You have, to be, you have to chase after this to try to break that model and to be able to remove that idol. And, you know, there's been times in my own personal life where I'm kind of just, you know, churning along and all of a sudden there's that thought that runs through your head and you're like, oh my goodness. The only thing I'm dependent upon is is my money or my car, you know, mm. my possessions, and they're what bring me peace and comfort. And if I didn't have this, how could I possibly survive? And it's this stupid thing like a pillow. Yeah. But you know that 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 slips into your mind all the time because we are saturated with that message. Totally. You and you told me. I remember this is so unique. Uh, this isn't an age joke or anything, but you said 50, <laughs> 50 years ago, uh, you were four, what, but that reality where you were just comparing, you know, keeping up with the Joneses with just the people down the road, yeah. down the street now with social media and, you know, movies and all these different things, it's like on a different level where you're not just comparing yourself to, you know, Steve My down neighbor. the road, but like literally people all across the world and all the HDTV these shows and, 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 and everything like that. And so it's just like, it's, it's pervasive. Marketing is, is a multi-billion dollar, um, you know, industry uh, that gets you to spend your money. Yeah. And so it's, everything is pulling for your money 
And, uh, but I love that, that call to, to have a vibrant relationship with Jesus through that. So, okay, so we're bought in, I'm bought in, it's untangled for me. Now I have this beautiful vision for generosity. So equip us, give us really practical tools to say, if we want to be generous, what's it look like? Okay. I, th- I think the first part of it is you got to change your vocabulary mm-hmm. and, and you got to stick with the word generosity, not tithe, not stewardship, not giving, you know, those things are talking about a destination. Generosity is talking about a journey. And that that's the whole point of it is that each and every one of us uh, has that position right now that God is, has us in and that and that is the place that we're going to be generous from, hmm. that we don't have to try to get to a certain place or we had a better chance back when we were whatever. My, you know, my journey when I was 20 years old, my generosity should look completely different now than I'm in my 50s. It, yeah. it should be. If yeah. I gave the same way that I gave when I was 20, I would have missed out on so many different things that God was doing in my life. So where you're at is where you respond to. Uh, Tori and I actually, when we were, it was about 30 years old, uh, we were had our first baby and uh, Tori came to me and she said, I think I got to stay at home with David. And I was like, oh, you're kidding me. I, I think that's a terrible idea because <laughs> we live off of your income. Yeah. You know, you got a job and, you, you know, we live off of that. And she's like, I really feel like I should, I should stay home. And I'm like, you know, okay, I'm, I'm open to this. I want to talk through this. I want to pray through this. But, you know, we need to kind of see this on a budget sheet. And so, you know, she, we went, you know, went our different ways. We were doing our different things that, you know, through the week and we we're praying about it. And then she came back and I'm like, you know, hey, what do you see? And, you know, and she was like, okay, I started this spreadsheet for our new income based on a tithe. And I just started with the tithe. I just put that right at the top first hmm. thing. And I was like, why did you do that? And she's like, well, funny thing is the money that we were giving right now to the church was pretty close to a tithe of just your income. And so she was like, so I just thought I'd just. God just said, start there and then go from there and go forward. And so she started at the top of the sheet, showed that tithe, and we were working our way down. And she gets down to the bottom and she looks at me and she goes, Jeff, I'll be completely honest with you. There's no way this accounting should have worked out right. This doesn't make any sense at all in my head. But there it is, bottom line. This works because God is in this and that he's going to do this. And we're going to start with with being generous. So that's the first portion of the budget. When's you're making it? Generosity. That was the first yep. bu- that per- first Love portion it. of the budget, and it was just a beautiful experience. And and you know, my heart flipped right there. I was yeah. like, Yeah, I get this. Huh. I am not giving this up go again. Go Tori. Yeah, go Tori. Love you, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I think that um, you know that's a that's a portion of it is that we we act in generosity from where we're at at that point, and then. You know, I would say that uh, you're thinking to yourself, okay, where should I give? Well, the first place you should start is in the church. Uh, it's it's scriptural. It's it's biblical that that is the first place that our gift and our tithes should be given. Mm-hmm. And then um, after that, God's going to put it upon your heart of other things that are uh, that you're drawn toward, that you're going to yeah. respond to Him, and that He's going to say, hey, this is a place that I want you to invest not only your you know time, effort, prayer, but mm-hmm. invest your invest your money because I'm going to do something with it. That's incredible. Yeah, I love that. I love yeah, people investing into the local church too. That was kind of a, a shift for Kristen. And I know I'm saying that we're saying that as pastors of a local church, right? Um, but there, it, th- for that journey, for me discovering it, because it was really kind of appealing to give to all these other j- missionaries, and I gave a, a pretty small portion of our whole holistic generosity to the local church. And I realized, man, the local church is God's plan A to reach the whole world, and this is what He's using to invest in me and to grow me and my family. And I want to invest in this uh, because they're investing in me. And uh, and then it's been fun to then, like you said, look outward after that piece to go into, hey, what? How do I invest into places that are m- making an impact and they're reaching the unreached and that are that are running after things that I'm passionate about too? And so I love that. So very last thing to finish, what what do we do right now? Like in the next 24 hours, how can we apply this to our lives? All right, this is a simple part. Pray, 
Pray about giving. And I'm and when I say that, I don't I'm not saying the phrase pray if you should give, because the answer to that scripturally is yes. There there you don't have to worry about that portion. It's pray about what what you should give. Mm. And so um wrestle with God with that. Mm. You know, get down on your knees and talk to him. Tell him what your fears are, tell him what your what your thoughts are, tell him what your circumstances are, write it out on a budget sheet, keep it simple, pay attention, and let him say, I want you to put your money here, not here. And let him work through that. And then when you come to the to the bottom of it, give. Yeah. Respond to that. Do it. You know, just as simple as that. Yep. And you know even when it's scary, yeah. Even when it's scary, because uh, obedience is better than anything else. Mm-hmm. And so especially uh in this area is a place for you to be able to learn that and see that and to be able to have that yeah. happen. Time and time again, if you're in a couple, you know, both of you should be praying about it and then coming together and talking about it time and time again. I've seen couples where they spend a few days prayer. And then they come back and, you know, the husband's kind of like, okay, what are you, you know, what are you thinking? And she's like, well, you know, honestly, I think God's kind of told me this. Yep. It says a number. And then he's like, that's exactly what God told yep. me. And, yep, and, and so too, yeah. you get to see that that's in great. that moment immediately that this isn't about dollars and cents. This is about what God's doing yep. and being able to respond to him. And it's just a beautiful story over and over, over again. Amen. I love it. Well, Jeff, thank you for leading us, man. This has been so insightful, so refreshing, so good. I hope that you guys are impacted by this and I hope it really changes us in our relationship with Jesus. So uh, friends, I hope as you're leaving uh, that you would walk away knowing that living generously isn't as complicated as we made it. Love you guys. See you next time.